Well, last week we started, uh, we started a new series called Unaware. And uh, really, it's really about uh, the Holy Spirit, His person, and just how He functions. And we, we started off last week with uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and the very first verse. And, and Paul was talking to the disciples there at Corinth. And he said, uh, my brothers, I don't want you to be unaware when it comes to the spiritual things. And God wants us to know. And we saw in those stories that we went through last week that, you know, there were people that knew some. There's always things to know more about God. No matter how much you know about God, there is always so much more to learn. So you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Amen. There's so much more to learn. He's so huge. He's, he's so wonderful. He's amazing. Amen. He's just an amazing God. And we found that there's people that didn't even know anything about the Holy Spirit. There's people in, in church right now that haven't really had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. God want, we need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need a continual encounter with God and His presence so that we can be all that God has called us to be in this generation. So today, if you're taking notes as we continue this series, our second week, if you're taking notes, the title of this message is The Amazing Holy Spirit. Just say that. The Amazing Holy Spirit. You know, and I say, He's amazing. You think about that, and then I think about kind of like, you know, the Marvel comic or, you know, the amazing Spider-Man, you know, and he would get out there and, and the web slinger, you know, slinging out. And he was looking for people who he could help, right? I mean, that's the superheroes. What do they do? They're looking to hear the call of someone who needs help, and they use the powers that they have been given. They didn't get them themselves. They were bestowed upon them to be able to help those in need. Man, the Holy Spirit is amazing, and God has given him to us to be able to help us. And sometimes it's, it's funny, but sometimes it just seems so hard. You know, why does it seem so hard at times for us just to ask for help? Come on. Why can't we just say, hey, can you help me? Right? Why is it so hard? I, I believe that it can be, you know, really part of our, our fallen nature. It's, you know, in, our, in our fallen nature outside of Christ, our flesh, there's just pride. We think that we can do it our own. If I just work a little harder... If I just push a little further, I'll, I'll, I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody else. But the truth is, we were created to need each other. We were actually created to not only need help, but we were also created to be able to be help to other people. I know whenever um, Pastor Natasha and I were dating, this is back in the boondocks. Just kidding. It'll be 22 years into this, end of this, this year. But um, when we were dating... Um, and uh, we had already been, you know, engaged. I already asked her to marry me, and she said yes the first time. Praise the Lord. Um, a different story there, but anyhow. Um, so we're, we're dating, and uh, she, ha she was previously engaged, kind of like engagement, you know, to someone else. And uh, uh, that, that didn't work out. She found out through a church service that that wasn't going to be the guy because just of how they treated women and things were going on. So she's, like, got out of that relationship. And, and uh, so we started dating. Well, she was very close to that family, and... And they're, they're the, that gentleman, his uh, mom and dad were like an extra mom and like a father to her. They were just really close. It was a close family member of the whole, both families. And, and the father had passed away. And uh, at that time, Tasha was just kind of like torn because, you know, I mean, her heart was broken because this man had passed. And then, and then she's wondering about her feelings for me. I don't know. Maybe I still have feelings for this other guy. I don't know. And I'm just like... Okay, so I remember sitting there in my little, you guys saw, if you've seen last year, I showed you the picture of my 1987 Toyota cargo van, and I was sitting in my cargo van, and, I, and she was there telling me this, and I said, okay, to her, I said, okay, 
um, we'll just we'll take some time on this. And I left, and on my way home, I said this to the Lord, Lord, I don't need her. You know, if she's not the one, then you'll have someone else for me. He says, yes, you do need her. <laughs> okay. She's, he said, she's your help meet. I'm like, okay. She's there to help you meet all that I've called you to do. You need a helper. And I said, all right, Lord. So when I finally got back and we talked with Natasha, I just used some of that God-given authority. And I said, no, we're getting married. We've come too far. And we're getting married. And she said, okay. And she showed up. So, hey, you know, 22 years later, praise the Lord. But you know what? The Bible says in Genesis 2, the very second chapter, it says, God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make him a helper. We need help. And we need to be able to be a help unto others. You know, if you look at it this way, even Jesus needed a helper. He had the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, for us to be able to do what God has called us to do, we need the Holy Spirit as well. I want you to look at John chapter 14 and uh, verse number 12. It'll be up on the screen if you need it. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth. Don't you like starting out like that? Jesus is going to tell, he always tells us the truth. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works will he do because I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to read that one more time. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. And even greater works or more works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. We'll get into some of the different things as we go over this, uh, this teaching and this series. But Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Man, if we're going to do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works than he did, as he said, we're going to need the same empowerment that he had, which was the Holy Spirit. If we think we can do the same works as Jesus or even greater works than Jesus without the working that Jesus used, an old, old 80s song, we got another thing coming, right? It's not going to happen. We need that empowerment. And man, God is so good. He's so amazing. That's why we'll get into that as we go through. But he, Jesus loved us so much. The Father loved us so much. It was the Father's idea to send the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, it's actually to your advantage that I go to be with the Father. Because when I go, I will ask the Father and he will send you the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. This is where we're going to be in John 14. First thing I want you to see today is that the Holy Spirit is an amazing helper. The Holy Spirit is an amazing helper. John 14, 16 says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Now, man, there's, 
we're going to pick at this verse here for a minute and just kind of dissect this and get, we want to, we want to, we want to, we're at the, at the Lord's table right now and he's putting this before us. We're just getting our fork and our knife out, get ready to dig in to what God has for us today. Amen. Jesus went to the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another helper. The helper here actually is a Greek word, parakalitos, which means this. I kind of said that with a Spanish accent, parakalitos. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow, it's good to have a little humor. Um, <laughs> the word helper means counselor, comforter. Advocate, as if in that word advocate paints the picture as if you're in a court of law and, and he's there to help defend you against the accusations, the things that are there coming against you. An advocate. So, so he's a counselor. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's an encourager. He's an intercessor because he not only prays for you, he'll pray through you. We'll get into that further in this series. Man, look, look how amazing already. He said, I'm going to send you another helper, and this helper is going to be a counselor to you. He's going to help you make wise decisions. How many people need to make some wise decisions? He's going to be a comforter to you. I don't know about you, but there are many times that I need to be comfort, and he's there to comfort us. He's going to be that advocate. He's going to, he's going to uh, really, that defense and fight on our behalf, that encourager. I love it. That, the Holy Spirit, we could be what seems to be the bottom of the bottom, and he just speaks one word, and it lifts us up. We're down in a hole, and all of a sudden, because of that one word, we're on top looking down in the hole. He's such an encourager. He lifts us up, and he's an intercessor. He's able to pray things. You know, when we're praying and we're even pouring out our hearts, as much as we even pour out our hearts, he's able to pray the perfect will of the Father. Even when we don't have an understanding of all that's going on and we're praying as much as we know with the knowledge that we have and seeking God, the Holy Spirit will take it to an amazing level for us. He prays the perfect will of the Father. Amen? That's awesome. But look at this. As we look at this here, at this verse, things that kind of describe him, we can see him, number one, he's an eternal helper because Jesus said he'll be with you forever. He's, he's always there. He's an eternal helper. He's not going away. If you need encouragement, if you need counsel, if you need comfort, you need an advocate, you need an intercessor, he's not going anywhere. He's the eternal helper. Jesus said that he's the spirit of truth, so you can be sure of this. The Holy Spirit is a pure helper. He does everything with the right motives. Some people will help you so that you can help them. I'll do this for you only because I need you to do this for me. The Holy Spirit will help you with pure motives. He wants to always lead you into the truth because it's the truth that will set you free and God wants us free. Amen. So he's a pure helper. Another thing we can see in this scripture, Jesus said that he abides with you so he's really saying, you know, he abides with you, meaning like he's here on the earth. So he could say it this way, the Holy Spirit is a helper that is always available. He's here with us. We don't have to wait for him to be sent from heaven. Come on, okay, UPS, come on, you're supposed to be here, you know, follow on that on our, our heavenly app that we got, you know, this, this, the blessing is coming, you know, it's hard. No, he's right there. He's here with us. He's on the earth with us. He knows exactly what we walk through because he's here with us. He's that eternal helper. And another thing that Jesus says, he says, he will be in you. Remember, he said the world can't receive him because it does not see him and know him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. 
So the Holy Spirit is the helper that is one with you. This is kind of a hard concept to grab a hold of, but one that, you know, to dive into, to be able to understand and even seek greater revelation for ourselves before the Lord. Because the Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, you should write this down if you don't know this already. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. One spirit with him. It's kind of the the concept of a man and a woman when they come together, a husband and a wife, when they come together, they are no longer two, they become one. Now, you know, this, the concept of being one with the Spirit, with, with the Lord, because we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, what happens is we know that we are spiritually dead. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they didn't die physically at that moment. They lived hundreds of years longer. But spiritually they died. They were instantly disconnected or separated from God in their spirit. Their spirit had died. The Spirit of God no longer dwelled on the inside of them, even though we have His breath to help give us life. But when He comes, when we, when we choose to accept the sacrifice of Jesus, an amazing thing happens. The amazing Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of us. He recreates our spirit, and it's no longer just our spirit and His spirit. We become one with Him. Actually, Benny Hinn, years ago, he said, it's, it's like we become so one in God's eyes. We're so one that it's inseparable. He don't see us like as, as you know, kind of apart. We're, we're meshed together. It's like taking colors. You got one color, you get another color. I'm using one from Johnny Clausen. You know, you take blue and you take red, you mix it together, you got purple. Red and blue are in there, but it's no longer red or blue. It's purple. We're mixed together with him, his spirit. So he helps us to become one with the Father. Amen. And I love this. I want to back up real quick in this scripture. Because he says, that's talking about the helper. Jesus says, I'm going to give you another helper. We already had one helper. That was Jesus. He came to the earth. He was our helper. He came and he lived in, in physical form here on the earth. Perfect man. All God, all man lived a perfect life. Died for the sins of the world. Our sins and every single person that is on the face of the earth or ever will be or ever has been. Jesus died for them. He loves them. He says, I'm going to send you another helper. That word another means this, of the same kind. Now, one, one translator actually put it this way. I will send you another Savior. Now, the Holy Spirit is not taking the place of Jesus because only Jesus, God the Son, could do what he did. He brought on, uh, you know, the physical body to come in and, and, and to be, you know, with us, so to say, take on the human flesh like us, to be tempted in all ways that we are. But he said, I'm going to send you another one. You know, Jesus is the Savior from the guilt of sin, and the Holy Spirit is the Savior who saves us from the power of sin by living through us. He gives us the power to live. We don't have to. Before, we just gave in to sin because we didn't have power over sin. Now, because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we don't have to do the things we did ignorantly before because we were powerless. Now, we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. We have that amazing helper that we can say no to sin and yes to God. Amen? Are you with me? The Aramaic word actually for helper is parakalita which means a redeemer who ends the curse. So the Holy Spirit really comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives and to save us from its effects by living through us. And the last thing in this verse, 
I want us to see is, remember he said that the world can't receive this helper. I'm going to send you the helper, but the world can't receive him because it doesn't see him. It doesn't know him. And this is an important part. As a son or daughter of God, when you know that God has come to live on the inside of you by your spirit and old things pass away, all things become new. You have to get this. You know the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. The world don't know him. It can't see him. It, it don't know him, but you know him because he's here with you and he will be in you. You know, when I started a traveling ministry, we was at, at our church there in Florida where we grew up spiritually and, you know, came from there to start this church. And, and uh, I did uh, about two and a half years or so of uh, traveling ministry. And right before, the, as the Lord was dealing with me about doing traveling ministry, um, I just knew I was stepping out of the anointing that was really, you know, from my pastor in the house that he taught in, you know, me actually being able to help teach and stuff there to really on my own. And I was scared because I knew that the Holy Spirit wanted me to work with him on a level that I've never worked with him before. I, I was going to be going out to other churches and, you know, I wanted people to be changed. I wasn't going just to give a message, you know, because the kingdom of God is not just in word, but in deed and in action. It's demonstrations of the Spirit of God. And I was scared. I was like, I don't know, Lord. I don't, how am I going to hear your voice? I don't know. And at one time in prayer, just walking back and forth and just kind of meditating over this of what he was asking me to do. And like, am I really, because I don't want to mess up. I don't want to miss. And he said, you know my spirit, just boldly. You know my spirit. Because I was doubting. He took me to that scripture right there. The world don't know him. Don't see him. They don't know him. But you do. You know my spirit. The enemy wants to get you to believe that you don't know him. But if Jesus lives on the inside of you, you know the Holy Spirit. You're acquainted with him. So the first thing you have to do is, is stop believing the lie that the spirit of God will lead us into all the truth. If he leads us to the truth, that means he's leading us away from lies. I have to stop believing the lie. And the only way to, to, to defeat a lie is to speak the truth. By speaking the truth, I take away the power of the lie and it begins to dry up. It's like before I'm watering the lie and it continues to grow. When I stop watering the lie and I start watering the truth, the fruit of the lie is going to shrivel up and die. But the fruit of the truth will begin to be a take root in my life and produce the fruit that, it, that God wants for it to do. Right? Amen. So... The first thing about the amazing Holy Spirit, he is an amazing helper. The second thing is the Holy Spirit is an amazing teacher. This is exciting. He's a helper. He is an amazing teacher. Look at John 14, 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send as my representative, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you, man, that's an awesome teacher right there. You know, there's, there's really two things uh, uh, that I could see. I mean, there's more, especially if you've got any teachers in here. But two things that I believe would really stand out for a teacher to me is, one, that they have knowledge on the subject that they're teaching, and not just a head knowledge, but an experiential knowledge. They have an experience with that knowledge that they're teaching. That's a good teacher. Because that makes it exciting. If you're just reading stuff off, you know, you can be up there. We've had boring teachers. You're like, oh, Lord. Always got to make sure I got some gum or some water in that class. Turn your pages to 462. <laughs> right? 
When someone's teaching and they're excited about what they're teaching because they've experienced it, it means something to them, you grab a hold of it. He just said he'll teach you everything. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. He's an amazing teacher. He not only a teacher is good because they, they have an experience in the knowledge and they know the knowledge, they're a good teacher because they know how to teach it or how to impart that knowledge and help other people experience that knowledge. That's a good teacher, imparting it. Man, he, he's, he's awesome. He knows how to teach what what he, what he, or he knows how to teach what he knows to everyone. He knows how to teach whatever style, whatever, you know, they say there's actually four teaching styles. There's like uh, imaginative learners, you got to paint a picture. There's kind of the analytical learners, you know, and there's the, the um, uh, where's it at? I had it down here somewhere else. Right there, right there. Oh, there's the dynamic learners, you know, the kind of demonstration, getting it going. And then there is the common sense learners. Just show me how to do it, right? Get it down. Well, the Holy Spirit knows your learning style. He knows your language. You know, it's, it is amazing if you think about just our school teachers and how they have 20, you know, plus whatever students in their class. And they're all different learning orders that are going on. And some get it and some don't get it. But a good teacher will be able to teach ones and be able to also change the way that it is because these other ones are not understanding in a way that they can understand. The Holy Spirit, as the awesome, amazing teacher that he is, he knows how to get across the information and the experience that you need from God the Father. Jesus Christ, the Son. Amen. He knows. He's an amazing teacher. So he said he'll teach you everything. Then the other thing Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he said he will remind you of everything that you've been taught. There's another great thing about a teacher. They prepare you for the test. They prepare you. They're there for you to help you. You know, your teacher, a good teacher will have, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do the, the training things. They'll, they'll have the segments where you're learning different things about new subjects. And they'll have like a pop quiz. All these different things to help you remember. But the Holy Spirit is there. He, he's kind of like, if you want to put it this way, he's the ultimate eternal storage drive. That's the Holy. He knows everything about everything. And he'll remind you of everything that you need to know. So, you know, when you need to know, all you got to do is ask. You know, if I got, if I got, you know, online, now I've switched everything over to Google Drive. So if I have stuff on there, I can get on any device and I can go to Google Drive and get what I stuck on there. Well, all I have to do is go to the Holy Spirit and ask him for help. Because he's an amazing helper and he'll help me. All I have to do is ask him to teach me and he'll teach me or remind me and he'll remind me. It just comes down to the asking. And it's like, it could be grand things to small things. It could be as much as you read a scripture and you're going through and it says, you hear David like, Lord, put a guard over my mouth, you know, that I may not sin against you. And just different you say, Holy Spirit, remind me. Next time I go to say something that I don't, because I do, I put my foot in my mouth and sometimes I put my foot in other people's mouths, right? It's like, Holy Spirit, remind me before I hurt myself or someone else. And you know what's going to happen the very next time? Because he's good, he's perfect, he's true. The next time, because you ask for help, the next time out of habit that you would go to do what you used to do, you'll get that on the inside. Ah, 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 ah. No, don't do that. Then all you have to do is, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're an amazing teacher. You're an amazing helper. Thank you. If I choose to go past it, what happens when I, when I choose to, when he's helping me, when I choose to go beyond and still do what I want to do, I lose a little bit of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. 
next time is like, was that you, Holy Spirit? Was it? And if I keep going, then you get to the place in Scripture where it talks about, you know, you get calloused. And if you get even so far, but we're not going to go there, amen, you get where you're seared, where you can't even feel it. We're going to stay sensitive because just as when I choose not to obey when the Holy Spirit prompts, after I had asked him for help, he's going to come. If I choose to obey, what happens is the opposite of being desensitized to him. I'm going to become more sensitive to him. It's going to, be, it's going to seem louder. I'm going, to, I'm going to have more of a confidence because we know his voice. Amen? But we need confidence that we know his voice. And that confidence grows as we step in on obedience to what he reminds us that Jesus has already said through his word personally to us. Amen. Hallelujah. The last thing, Jesus is an amazing helper. He's our Jesus. He was, he is too. Um, the Holy Spirit is an amazing helper. The Holy Spirit is an amazing teacher. Number three, the Holy Spirit is an amazing witness. He is an amazing Witness, look what Jesus says in John 15. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, he wants to let you know all these scriptures. He's the helper, and he's coming from the Father. That is the spirit of truth. There it is again. He's a truthful spirit who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me, Jesus said, and you will testify also. He'll testify about me. And you will testify also. The word testify means to bear witness, to give evidence, to bear record, to have a good, honest report, to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something. Isn't that awesome? So when, when, when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit was on Jesus, and the Holy Spirit affirmed or testified or bore witness that Jesus was the Son of God by the attesting miracles that he did. He testified of Jesus. Look what it says here in uh, uh, Acts chapter 10, 38. It says this, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed, or one translation says harassed by the devil because God was with him. Man, we got a lot of people today that are oppressed and harassed by the devil. I think it's in Isaiah, is it 41? Somewhere in there, and it uses that same word in the, in the Hebrew talking about being harassed. He says, hey, if you're being you know, harassed by the enemy, it's not from me, the Lord said. It's not from me. I'm not going to harass you. That's the enemy. He says, but you stick with me, and I'll help you defeat. I'm kind of paraphrasing. You have to look it up yourself. But uh, he's going to use you to kick the devil's butt. Amen. The devil is a liar, and his pants are on fire, and you can kick him out. Amen. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's an awesome witness. And the Holy Spirit bears witness by anointing people, as he did with Jesus, through preaching, through prophesying, inspired words of God, and exercise of the other gifts. We'll get into that further in this series about the gifts of the Spirit. And even in intercession, remember, he prays with us and he prays through us. So the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus. He bears witness that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. And then Jesus, he, uh, the Holy, Jesus also said the Holy Spirit will testify to him, but we will also testify 
The Holy Spirit testifies about you. One of the things the Holy Spirit testifies about you, you can find this in Romans 8, uh, 16 and 17 if you're taking notes. He testifies that we are the children of God because of, we put our faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. The Spirit of God has been shed abroad in our hearts and we cry out. He, he bears witness with us that we are the children of God and that, that witness is bared out because as he's there, we begin to cry out, Abba, Father. You know, I experienced this myself when I first moved to Florida from Pennsylvania is where I grew up. And um, I just took the Bible as it was. I got saved on the beach of Daytona. It's a different story for a different time. But as I got saved, I felt that transformation. I felt that, not like, you know, just come, but I, not like, you know, I could feel it coming in, but the, the Holy Spirit, but I felt new, just like the scripture says, old things pass away, all things. I, instantly, when I surrendered my heart to Jesus, I felt new. I was like, this is a new day. Praise the Lord. And I knew exactly what I needed to do when I got back to my apartment. I needed to find that big King James Bible that my mom had me pack before I left the house that was in a box on an upper shelf in my, in my uh, closet, right? I got that out, and I'm opening it up, and I get it. I start opening. I start reading in Matthew. I just knew for some reason I had to go to the New Testament, and I start reading in Matthew. And it's just the genealogies, the first chapter, right? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she did it for me, you know? I, I'm, I had a changed heart. I wanted to know God. I got to that place in the scripture where it talks about going into your closet. Remember Jesus said, and pray to your father in private. I would go into my closet, literally into my closet, shut the door, get down Indian style and just pray to God. I would pray everything I knew how to pray. And I would just hunger for God. I want more of you, Lord God. I want to know you more and experience more of you. And one day I was there as I was in there. And I'm really just getting to the end of, I don't even know what to say anymore. Ever been there? I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, my heart is already open. And I said everything I know how to say. All I can do is just repeat it right? I'm there. And all of a sudden, I, I begin to get to this place where the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit praying with you through groanings and utterings that are too deep. All of a sudden, out of my spirit, it came, I could feel it come up from here. All of a sudden, I was just hungry for God. And I was really just like, God, I want you. And all of a sudden, it came out, Abba. I was like, what the heck just happened? It kind of scared me because I didn't know what an Abba was. And I went to my Bible, and I was like, is it in the concordance? I looked it up, there it was, and I came across that scripture in Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and he cries through us, Abba, Daddy, Father. I knew, Holy Spirit, you're on the inside. I don't understand all of this, but you're on the inside, and you're, you're crying out through me. We're one in spirit. I want my Father. I want to know my Father more. The Holy Spirit testifies about you that you are a child of God as you put your faith in Jesus. And then he helps you to bear witness about Jesus. He uses you to test. He, 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 he comes and testifies through you that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. We do that just by laying hands on people, praying for people, telling people what Jesus did in us and that he wants to do it again in them. That's just part of, that's all discipleship and outreach all wrapped up in one. Just get close to God and go tell other people what he's done. Let them get close to him and go out and tell other people what he's done. Let's have a movement, people, right? Amen. God is good. The Holy Spirit is an amazing helper. He's an amazing teacher. He's an amazing witness. And he wants to help teach and bear witness for you today. Let's do this if you will. Let's just bow our heads. I want to tell you, I'll tell you a story 
my grandfather had told me, you know, the Holy Spirit bears witness that we are the children of God. And if you don't have that witness today, if you don't feel that witness, you know, you can become a child of God today just by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, whether you're in person here in this room or you're online, wherever you're at. Back in the 70s, my grandfather was a minister, did a lot of traveling evangelism and uh, over several different churches. And he was at a church, particularly there in Pennsylvania, and he was there doing special meetings. And he said that during the time when he was ministering, he had a vision. It's like he said for him, it's like nothing ever stopped. Like he, 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 could, he continued to preach like nothing was going on. But he saw himself standing there. And as he looked out among the crowd, he saw the rapture take place. And some people were gone and some people were left. Rapture is kind of the snatching away if you're not familiar with this. Really, you know, right now we're at that place where Jesus, he will not come back to the earth yet, but he will come in the sky and take those who are considered to be his bride with him, home to be with him. And then we will come back together to rule and reign over the earth. My grandfather said he looked out and he saw people just choo, choo, choo. Some stayed and some went. Some, some stayed and some went. He said, the thing that struck me the most, he goes, there were people that I thought would go, that they were still sitting there. And it broke his heart. Every day we have an opportunity to surrender our lives to Jesus. You've heard me say this before. Salvation is a one-time event and a continual event. Once we have Jesus on the inside, we have to continually surrender to him every single day. It's called sanctification. It's becoming more like him and less like our old fallen nature. Because I want to be ready when he comes.